is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Alcohol remains the most widely used substance of abuse among our nation's young people, with serious negative consequences for them, their families, and communities. In 2011, about 25% of those ages 12 to 20 reported drinking alcohol in the past month, and approximately 16% were binge drinkers. We'll hear with an update on the state of underage drinking in this country and its impact on the health and well-being of our youth is Philip Rose, Program Coordinator for Underage Drinking Prevention for the Prevention Network in Syracuse, New York. Welcome. Thanks for coming in, Mr. Linda, it's a pleasure being here. Thanks for inviting me. So underage drinking continues to have a negative impact on our kids. Tell us what some of the consequences of this are. Um, You know, before I I talk about that, because they are serious and there are multiple uh, impacts on on young people and families, uh, too, I want to point out that um, overall we're doing quite well. When you say 25%, that means also 75% of young people, and this is um, collaborated by local statistics. We did a major study in 2012 of thousands of uh, students, uh, high school and middle school students here in Onondaga County, and it's really encouraging in many ways that 75% of the young people are doing well, and that means their parents are doing well and the adults around them and their teachers. So we need to give a shout-out and really uh, praise those people that are, are doing uh, right by their children and the young people are, are understanding some things. Um, and the other 25%, that's more troubling, you know. It's uh, uh, Yes, we are still missing out in a way on a quarter of the young people, and that it should be of concern to us because what alcohol does is it really, um, uh, really cutting-edge science in the last 10 years or so has really shown that the impact of alcohol on the brain is really significant. Especially if when you're drinking at a young age. Yes, actually the younger you drink, like if you start drinking when you're 14, the chances of you having serious problems as an adult later on in life is about 50%. Mm. So that really the problem with addiction really goes up the younger you start. Exactly. So the longer you can delay, the better. And you know, what happens is that the brain is compromised, you know, and so, you know, actually the the fact that the legal age is 21 is actually an excellent idea because now they're finding out that the brain doesn't finish developing until your early 20s. That's significant. So what are some of the issues that come up? I mean, I think this is self-evident, but we know about things like DWI, vehicle accidents, crashes, but some other issues that maybe aren't as apparent, like the fact of unwanted or unintended sexual activity, perhaps unwanted pregnancies coming of oh, you know, someone who's drinking quite a bit and is less in control of themselves. Mm-hmm. A good friend of mine, uh, Marian Angelilla, who lost her son in a, in a, a bad accident um, crash um, uh, 10 years ago uh, because of drinking, you know, she, has this, uh, she gives a lot of speeches around. She says, when you drink, you can't think. In other words, you may want to try and think, but your brain is already compromised. So you make bad decisions. You know, the alcohol influences uh, the frontal lobe of the brain, the problem-solving parts of the brain. So, yeah, you take risky behavior sexually, you know, or you do stupid things. You think you can go fast, or you think you can jump off the roof, or you can drink too much. You can keep drinking. So, yes, exactly. The the brain doesn't work so well. Yeah, and despite the fact, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the fact that it's dropping, which is a good sign, 
<clears throat> I read a, a, a shocking statistic that almost 4,700 youths in the United States, alcohol is a factor in their deaths each year. And 440,000 underage drinkers end up in the ER nationally every wow. year. 440,000. Wow. wow. So it it's, still, <laughs> it still remains yeah. an issue. Yeah. But now you are saying that the incidence has changed in terms of that the 75% seem to be doing better or, or perhaps aren't as Correct. impacted. Correct. But um, why do you think this has changed in, in terms... Well, first of all, has it dropped significantly, and how, how has it dropped in the last several years? Yeah, um, underage drinking is down. Uh, some of the national studies have shown that uh, things are uh, improving in that way. There are less people um, drinking. Um, I brought a report here with uh, to me. One is... Um, I can find it... <laughs> that um, traffic accidents, uh, drinking and, and, and traffic accidents are down. Traffic fatalities fall dramatically. Um, so what we're seeing is that the work that I think that we're doing, both as prevention people, as uh, educators, people in the school systems, um, social work, human service people, and parents, are really focusing on this issue. You know, they have, um, in some of the schools, for example, they have these dramatic re, um, um, reenactments. reenactments of crashes, like around prom time. And the whole school shows up and watches these horrendous things that happen to you. Well, that has an impact. You know, young people are kind of getting into their brain that at least you don't drive. You know, you don't do these things that w would cause your death. Um, and people like my friend Marianne, who goes out and talks to many, many students and tells her story, these things are coming through. We, we are getting through to young people that, that, you know, this is not a great idea. It's kind of like smoking in a way. We're beginning to have an understanding that this is as dangerous as smoking. So we're gaining a little traction. We're gaining a little traction. Right? If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with uh, youth drug and alcohol counselor Philip Rose, and we're talking about underage drinking. But what I noticed were a couple of statistics that were troubling, that even though in general the numbers are falling, there seems to be an increase in two things that kind of struck me. One was an increase in binge drinking, that perhaps that that's on the rise, and the other is that there are more females today that are showing patterns of excessive drinking. Yeah, no, good point. Um, the uh, the binge drinking, which is uh, for people out there that don't know what binge drinking, it's basically consuming like five drinks in a row within a short period of time. In other words, the alcohol is just streaming through your 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 body quickly, so your mind your mind is more compromised. Yes, I it's it's a bit of a mystery to us, but you're right. When when young people do drink, they drink hard. You know, it's like, all right, let's, they don't drink socially. It's not like just g going out and having a beer. It's like, let's get drunk. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the, 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 uh, the culture. Um, and to me, it's like, it's a number of factors. It's the, all the pressures that young people are on, what kind of support they have, what kind of family environments they have that kind of allow them to think this is... Uh, well, you, you know, young people want to kind of go to that edge anyway. As you get older, you want to do more risky things. You want to get outside your family and, you know, do some things that are kind of edgy, and which is, you know, okay if it's a safe kind of edge, you know, if you're, you know, doing, uh, you know, water skiing or something like where that. There's a wa where um, there's some kind of a safety net around. Correct. Anyway. You know, you know, you, and that's okay. But 
alcohol will take you to that edge quickly, and so it's kind of an easy um, rush in that way. So, yeah, it is. Dis- and, it, of course, the health impacts are huge. You know, but how about females? Why do you think there are more girls drinking well, at a younger age? I, I just read a book called uh, Blackout um, by a young woman, a young woman who talked about blacking out a lot, uh, going through school, going through college. And she talked it was kind of like a false feminism. It gave her a kind of courage you know, kind of like, wow, this is, I can stand up to the guys and I can talk with them and, and you know, be tough in a way, you know. Liquid and, courage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so there's a kind of piece of that. Plus, the alcohol industry has really focused a lot of attention on selling their product to, to women. Mm. The, they're making these sweet alcohol drinks now. That's the, very interesting. And they're more attractive to young women. The young women don't like to drink the hard liquors or the or the the beer as much. But if you add some sweet, you know, like a, a lemonade or a, a cherry taste to it, uh, it's more attractive. And so, do you think there are additional pressures in general on kids for both that maybe contributes to the binge drinking concept, or for young women to be getting to jump into it? I mean, do you see something in our culture? some forces that may be shaping these types of behaviors Well, besides the advertising? Well, um, we live in a troubled society. Things are not going so well. You know, the level of unemployment, the level of um, chaos, both, you know, within the country, within our communities, racial tensions, uh, tensions between uh, people. I mean, young people are aware of that. It's in their face all the time. You have to just turn on the TV and you're, you're surrounded by, you know, some awful thing that's happening, as well as internationally, as well as the environment. You know, these things... You see a lot of threats in the world. Yeah, and it kind of creates a kind of hopelessness, you know, young people. It's like, oh, what can I do about that? You know, it's like, so I'll just go ahead and at least I'll party hard, you know? Yeah, or um, I'll escape in I'll some escape, way. I'll escape, exactly, escape the pain. Do you think the culture of some colleges promotes that kind of drinking more than others, or do you think going away to college... Kind of exacerbates these kinds of tendencies. I'll give you an example. Uh, I worked with a young woman who was one of my leaders. I had a youth leadership team uh, locally here called the Squad Students Questioning Underage Drinking. Great bunch of young people. Uh, just great we, acronym. Yeah, it was great. And uh, we would go out to the schools and they would do these presentations. I wouldn't do them. They would speak to other young people about uh, the risks of of, of drinking, etc. And um, one of my leaders, one of my, you know, smart, active, outspoken uh, young women went to college. She graduated, left the, left the city and went to college, started drinking in the first two years of college, you know. I mean, you know, she, she said, well, I got there, you know, I was lonely, I was on my own, all, everybody else was drinking. She started drinking. So, you know, and then after a couple of years of doing that, she realized that was really stupid and she... She stopped drinking completely and kind of went back to church and her some of her cultural things and and uh, changed that. But that's I mean even her you know it was like wow you know. So the, there is a lot of pressure. The, yeah, and I think all those other factors that you mentioned, the fact that you're alone, you po- might be lonely, you want to fit in, all of that additional pressure. That's right. And you don't maybe have the support of your home and family or community. Yeah, I think the supports in college are awful (laughs) as far as that kind of support. You're kind of tossed on the the waves of of the the systems and the dormitories or whatever. Suddenly you're... 
living with somebody else. You know, you've had a room all your life by yourself, and suddenly you're living with you know all those factors. So. Right. So, what do you think has been most? I don't want to run out of time. What do you think has been most effective with regard to prevention? You've been working in this field for a while, and along with that, what role do parents play? Okay. The, we found several major pieces. Number one is keep the conversation going. Keep talking about it. Talk early and regularly about this thing. It's like don't just presume that they've got it. You need to be open, listening to their concerns, listen to what they're, you know, not not a lot of lectures, but hey, what's going on in your group, you know, blah, blah, blah. The other is like just check where your young people are going, find out who they're hanging out with and what parties they're going to and make sure there's adult supervision, that sort of thing. But underlying a lot of that seems to me to be a certain relationship of trust that a child and a parent really has to have established maybe a lot earlier on in their lives Correct. to then be able to seek out or rely on the parent at that point to help support them through that. Because if there is no trust or it's just going to be punitive action Correct. or... You could see where then there's the hiding. And no, well said, well said. Yeah, the, the the history of trust and relationship building is critical, you know. But And the teen years, of course, are the time when young people are fed up with their parents and they're, they're, they're kind of fleeing from the parents. So What about parents' own use of substances? How does that, what role does that well, play, exactly. either alcohol yeah, or no. others? You have to look at what you do, you know, how, what are you modeling, you know, are you a heavy drinker or a light drinker or how does that, how does it look? What is, your, your children have a front row seat on your life and so yeah, you have to be self, you have to be thoughtful about what you're doing and how you communicate to your young people about what you do, so you're absolutely correct. But the truth is parents really do still have a crucial role in prevention. From yes. Your perspective. Yes, and the other thing is that you know, parents need to be very clear and set a policy of, hey, we don't drink here, we don't do drugs, we don't do, you know, until you're older, you don't, we just don't do it. If you don't say those words, they will presume that you don't care or that you, you you're, they're giving you permission. Thanks so much for coming in. I appreciate all your information very much. My guest has been Philip Rose, Program Coordinator, Underage Drinking Prevention for the Prevention Network in Syracuse, New York. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air.